0: If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe we're ready for the word. Hallelujah. Some people say I've been ready. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Joshua, the seventh chapter, beginning at verse 19, ending at verse 21. The word of God reads. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shackles of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, Then I coveted them and took them and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. You may be seated. I want to talk a little bit on what are you holding on to? What are you holding on to? I'm going to tell you something. God knows what to do and he knows how to do it. So it is for us to get out of his way so he can do what he's already done in our lives. When we look at this dealing with Joshua, I'm going to give you a brief history on Joshua. Everybody, if you have been in the book of Joshua, you know that Joshua was the one that took Moses' place. But when God was given a word to Joshua, the first thing that God had to let Joshua know is Moses is dead. Now, I want to start there because things that we hold on to can stop us from receiving what God has for us. And sometimes we don't realize what we are holding on to, and that's why we need a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, when God gave, before God gave Joshua his orders, he said, Joshua, Moses is dead. Some of us hold on to dead folk. We hold on to those that maybe have uh, done some great and awesome things for God, or we may be holding on to a husband, a wife, children, whoever it may be, But God had to let Joshua know you got to let go of Moses because now I have chosen you to lead this people. So that's the first thing that he told him. So if you're holding on to somebody that you have great expectations in and you feel like without them, I can't do anything, then you're not going to do what God has called you to do because you're holding on to someone that God is telling you to let go of. So he gave, after he told Joshua that Moses was dead, he told Joshua what he wanted Joshua to do. And one thing that he told Joshua, he said, everywhere the soles of your feet shall tread. Joshua, you shall possess that land. So that was a promise that God gave to Joshua. And Joshua held on to that promise because Joshua and them had to go into Jericho. And Jericho was in lockdown. And they were in lockdown because they were afraid of the Israelites. Nobody could come in. Nobody could go out. But how many know that God has a way to get in? So God had to talk to Joshua and y'all know what he talk, told Joshua. He said for six days I want you to go around that city and he didn't want him to say anything. Day one they went around the city. They went home. They done the same thing for six days. He said but on the seventh day when you hear that trumpet sound I want you to shout because those walls are gonna come tumbling down. Can you imagine that they did not use their little hands to tear down that wall. They just began to shout. They followed the instructions that God had given them. So they won the battle of Jericho, but then there was AI and Joshua sent people in to spy out AI. But before jo- um, God, um, Joshua done that, God told them that they were not supposed to take the accursed thing. This accursed thing was something that God said, if you take, then you're gonna bring sin on the whole camp of Israel. So there was not no one in the place that did not know what God said about the accursed thing. So what we have to understand is we as the body of Christ, when the word of God is being taught, and you in the same room with the word of God and you're hearing what I'm hearing, then it's for you to hear and then do. And that means when you do, you're being obedient to what you heard, right? So everybody in here today is hearing what God is saying unto us. So the people heard what God said. He said, do not take of the accursed thing. So then Joshua went and spied out AI and they said, oh, we can overtake AI. We don't even need many men to overtake AI. When they went to overtake AI, AI began to overtake them. And Joshua was astound, y'all, because when Joshua, he began to rent his clothes, he began to cry out to God because he was looking at this like "Uh -uh, uh -uh, something is going on here because God gave me a promise. God, you told me everywhere the soles of my feet shall tread, I shall possess that land. Have you ever been in that situation when God has given you a promise and you know that's what God has said, but it's something that's coming out against you and you don't understand why this is happening in your life life do I have some amens up in here you know what God said and then when something come out against you and you begin to become defeated you're saying what in the world is going on so the first thing that Joshua did is what we should all do when we have things going on in our lives we should seek the Lord while he can be found that means that we need to go to him because God is the one that gave us that promise God is the one that told us, and just like he told Joshua, that everywhere that he go, they would be defeated. So as Joshua began to pray and cry out to the Lord, but the thing was, Joshua was looking at God. Come on, that's some of us. We always look at God. We say, well, God, this is what you said. How many know that God don't go back on his word? Now, if that's what God said, that's what God meant. And God ain't going to change what he said. Because he said, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the things that have come out of my lips. Then he go on to say, my word is not coming back to me void that mean it's not coming back to me empty but it's gonna go out and accomplish that which i please and prosper in the thing that i have sent it to do god ain't man that he shall lie neither the son of man that he shall repent have he not said it shall he not do it have he not spoken it shall he not make it good so the problem ain't god look at your neighbor say the problem ain't god so see, Joshua was looking at God. He was asking God, wait a minute now. God did not you say. So he did go to God, but he was looking at God and God said, Joshua, get up. Oh, I like that. Joshua, get up. Is sin in the camp. Look at your neighbor says sin in the camp. See, that's what the enemy does. See, what we wait on is we wait on somebody like a sinner to cause havoc in the house of God. But it ain't always the sinner, man. It's the church folks. It's the saints, the ones that set aside, the ones that hear the word coming on Sunday, coming on Tuesday. That's who the enemy want to use. He already got the sinner. He don't need to use whom he already got. He needs somebody inside the church to cause havoc. See, the havoc is right in the house. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's in the house. house. Say, it's in the house. in the house. Say, it's amongst you. Say, but God is getting ready to get rid of it. Uh-oh. Yeah. Let's just take a break. Y'all know at that, you just throw up your hand and you tip on out. I'll turn my back. Okay. So, see, God let Joshua know it's amongst you. See, sometimes we don't look amongst us because, y'all, come on, let's just be for real. We just think just because somebody's saved, they won't do nothing to you. We think because somebody have accepted Jesus that they don't talk about you. We think that the ones that get up every time and talk and sing, you know, sing and say hallelujah and roll all over the place, that they won't hurt you. That's your worst enemy. The ones that just come up to you and say, hey Raheem, God is doing a good work. Oh, <laughs> Them the worst ones. Because see, they want to make you think they're with you. But God said, if you can't be for me, then you are against me. That's why you got to be in the spirit to know who's walking beside you. Everybody that walks beside you don't know God. Better watch who you hanging out with. You got some people that will trip you up in the body of Christ, cause them the ones that want you to fall. Them the ones that talk about you behind your back and act like they love you so much, and they go home they run in their mouth so much the jaws hurt. Y'all, I'm just gonna be frankly honest with you today. I just have to be real. Come on, I'm just gonna be real. Last night I was like, God, I don't know what you want to bring today. Nothing is coming. There was just like a fog. You know how sometimes when you teach on a thing, last Sunday we taught on counterattack, right? How the enemy wanna come in apostle and He want to counterattack. He want to do a thing. It was just like last night, everything was right foggy. I was hearing the word, but then all of a sudden I was like, God, I was hearing this, this, this. I said, but God, I don't know which way to go. See, God will put you in a place that says when you open your mouth, I'll begin to feel it. So I believe that God is doing something in this place that he didn't even tell me before I got. Come on, somebody before I got behind the pulpit, because God said, I'm getting ready to empty out. So, Joshua, the one that put his trust in God, Joshua felt like he was let down, y'all. Come on, have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever felt like you put so much trust in a person? And when that person let you down to the point of you just can't believe it because that person ain't never let you down. That person was always there for you. Come on, that's some deep hurt. That's some hurt that... The only one that can help you with that hurt is God. And that's why Joshua went to God. See, some of y'all is looking for help in other places. But I'm here to tell you, nobody can mend your broken heart and bind your wounds but God. See, you going out there trying to make a phone call or you going to the mall or trying to find somebody to give you a word. I'm here to tell you that the Bible is full of the word. And when you take time out to seek him, when you take time out to call on him, The Bible says, if you call upon me, when you call upon me, I will answer. He said, and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. But God is waiting on those that is going to call on him. When their heart is open, when it's pure before him, he want truth seekers. He want the ones that's just not calling on him to get a quick fix. But he want the ones that say, God, whatever I'm holding on to, whatever I don't want to let go of, because my fault ain't with you, God. Because I know you're a God that change not. You don't change. So God, show me me. Show me what I'm holding on in my life that's stopping me from getting the full manifestation that you have already promised me. So when God told Joshua, he said, get up, Joshua. There's sin in the camp. Come on, y'all. Why would Joshua think that it was amongst him? See, that's we get too comfortable when it comes to church. We get too comfortable. We begin to attach to folks because they're saved. Am I saying not to attach? No, I ain't saying not to attach, but you better know who your attachment is and who they belong to. Everything that is ain't. And everything ain't is. We look inside the church and we see more people That's full of things that they should not be full of. And you see the center man giving to you more than church folks. Something's wrong with that picture. You see the center man ready to give up something to help somebody. But you see the church folks so full of selfishness, holding on to selfishness, holding on to greed, thinking only about themselves. Who do you belong to? Whom do you serve? Because if you're serving God, you should know that everything you have don't belong to you. It belongs to God. So, oh, Achan, when God told Joshua what to do, he told him to bring them out and let them stand before you. He didn't bring too many out before he told Achan. He said, this is what you need to do. You need to Confess. What you done to bring glory to God? Where where is God going there? See, some of us got to understand that we have to have a godly sorrow. See, godly sorrow leads to repentance. Some of us think we don't have anything to be sorry for. Why? Because we blame it on somebody else. We have have done this I wouldn't have done that so if anybody gonna say they sorry it better be them cause God ain't told me nothing he can't speak to you because you holding on to a grudge how can he tell you something when you got blockers in front of you see a grudge is an ill will that you have bet- between you and somebody else that means that you're not willing to let that go because you felt like they done hurt me so much. See, you telling them, oh, you know, I forgive you. But deep down in your heart, no, you haven't. How do I know? Because you keep talking about it. It keep manifesting itself when you stand. Come on, somebody. When you talk about something over and over and over again, that's a grudge. That's ill will. That's unforgiveness because when you keep talking about it, you holding something against that person. And guess what that does to you? It puts you in bondage to that thing. That mean you going back to be a slave. You ain't free no more. You in slavery. He said, don't entangle yourself with the yoke of bondage. Why? Because you are in liberty. You are free. And when you know that you're free, you're not going to let no grudge or anything stop you from your freedom in Christ. And when you do that, you are held captive by Satan. And you can't hear God the way you want to hear God. The only thing you're hearing is Beelzebub. Because he's telling you what you want to hear. He's telling you, no, you did right. You don't need to go to them. Yeah, they've done you wrong. And they've done it in front of people. Oh, they're supposed to be saved. You did your part. Just treat them nice. Treating them nice ain't a hill of beans when your heart ain't right. Even the devil will treat you right. But he ain't right. Y'all didn't know? Come on, your worst enemy will treat you right. And you'll think they're not even your enemy until the blinders come off. Come on, even your mate will treat you right and cheating on you. Whoa. They'll treat you real good. Pay all the bills. Take you out to eat. Wine you and dine you. And cheating on you. And you don't even know it. You're talking about that man, how good he is. And he done had an affair and multiple affairs. But one thing he won't do is leave his wife. Why? Talking to some women. Don't be messing with a married man. They ain't going to leave that woman for you. They got to hold on to that flame. See? They got to keep their marriage because they know they're going to pay more if they get out of the marriage and go to you. They ain't going to have nothing to give you no more. You is getting a little bit from the marriage. Didn't know it? Oh, come on, let's be real. Come on, you holding on to a man that can't support you. Because at the end of the day, they're going home to their family. They're gonna whisper sweet nothings in your ear. Yeah, you taking your Louis DeCon bags that he bought, and your Michael Cord bag, and your shoes, and your earrings, and your fake hair. They're giving you all that. That ain't love, that's lust. So you walking around here and you see them together and you thinking, God done changed the service. You thinking that you looking good and that man loves you, who arm is he on? The wife. He'll be at my house tonight. What you holding on to? Because you got to understand, this is the thing, y'all. Women hold on to these no goodles. I'm calling them no goodles because God didn't make them that way. But women hold on to them because they're thinking that they're so special. Ooh. Hit yourself in the head. Because how special is a man that's messing around with you and he's married? How special is a man and how can the man love you and he got a wife? He gonna leave her. Yeah, he gonna leave her because she gonna put him out. He's going to come to your house and then he's going to have another flame. (laughs) So what are you holding on to? See, that's why God said you can't put nothing before me. See, we're trying to find what we need in things. You can't find them in things. They're found in God. This is why when Joshua told, when Achan told Joshua, he said, when I saw, yeah. let's see what he said. He said, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment yeah. and 200 shackles of silver and wedge of gold of 50, he said, I coveted them. Y'all don't get it, do you? The enemy have to put them before your eyes. The moment he put a woman or male before your eyes, he put them there for you to look at. And then that look is still there. Y'all, I I had to ask God something and I'm going to give you the answer. Why is it that you can hold on to an image, apostle, of the world? You can hold on to it. You can see it clearly. But when you get into the word of God, you're blind you're saved. Somebody help me with that. How is it when you see a man or woman to and you're not willing to let go of. this is why you have airways you have the television you have music the enemy puts stuff before your eyes and if you get a glimpse you don't need my but a glimpse y'all didn't know just a glimpse sometime we'll we'll be watching TV and you think it's a good program see if y'all can follow this Think it's a good program. You're having family time. Y'all know what it is, have family time. Y'all sitting around trying to find a good program. All of a sudden you put that thing on and you hear them breathing heavy and you're trying to hit the remote fast as you can and you can't even turn the channel. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Wait a minute, cut it off. Cut it off. And especially if your granddaughter say, Mima, what's that? Come on, y'all. The, other, the, the next thing you hear them doing is why is that because that's how the enemy sets you up that's how you begin to hold on to things that's why you begin to gravitate to things see over there in the old testament they didn't have tv evangelists only thing they had was women that got naked in front of them that done all kind of whorish acts stuff that you wouldn't even imagine that somebody would do they had to have a mental picture So when Moses went up to be with God on the mountain, they remembered how they cut the food over there in Egypt. See, they come out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of them. So they were still holding on to a piece of Egypt. So when Moses left, they said, where is Moses? Where is the one that we're supposed to be following? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Where they at? We need a God. So they remember how they took what they had in outcome, a golden calf, but they was out there doing all kind of stuff, orgies, cutting the food, carrying on. Why? Because they already had a visual of what was going on in Egypt. So they brought Egypt out with them, even though God led them out of darkness, even though he was that cloud by day and that fire by night, it wasn't enough for them when their leader wasn't present. Oh, where am I going? See, some of y'all expect a leader in the church like me or other leaders to protect you. The only one that can protect you is God because you got some leaders that's doing stuff undercover. And God said it's getting ready to be exposed because they're holding on to stuff that they shouldn't be holding on to. And you holding on to them. Don't you know that stuff spread? It goes through the church. That's why you better be careful who you listen to. And what you listen at, just because it's a big building and it look nice don't mean everything in that building is right. I need a place where I can look good. Looking good don't mean nothing, especially when you don't know Jesus. Because you're going to come out of that place, toe up from the floor up and wonder what happened. So this this aching, he was holding on. To something that he coveted. When you covet something. It's your idol. It's your God. That means he put that before God. How do I know? Because God specifically Said do not partake. Of the accursed thing. He knew what not to partake of. But guess what? The enemy showed him something. That he didn't supposed to have. And he grabbed hold to it. And guess what? Y'all this is a clicker apostle. Look at this. If it's mine, why am I hiding it? I'm going back to these affairs for some reason. If the man is yours, why you can't be seen in public? Why he take you in secluded places where nobody know you? Why he can't, why if the the man is supposed to be with you, why they hiding from the wife doing the dirt? You're grown, right? You're grown. Why you hiding? Come out of the dark. They say the creeps come out at night. They ain't got a nerve to get in church and play deacon. Praise the Lord. Let's get on with the service. (laughs) Y'all come in the right place. At the right to thank you, Lord, for filling my mouth. You only knew.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you. I told the apostle, I was talking to her, and she said, can't wait for tomorrow's service. I said, I can't either, because the Lord ain't gave me nothing. <laughs> That's what I told him. The apostle said, no, you're so full of the word, it'll come. Praise him. I'm letting it come like a rip. I can feel the gush right now. (gasps) (laughs) So he hid it. Y'all think about that. I think about this. Hidden things shall be revealed. The Bible said what's in darkness? You're already caught. You're already caught. It's getting ready to come out. Here go to headlines. You better come out from amongst them. You better quit ducking and dodging. Because if you know you're doing something right, you don't have to hide from nobody. Come on, don't come showing up in church. Hallelujah. Glory. Woo, God rocked my world. You know it wasn't God. Now you're lying on him. How can God rock your world when you was in somebody else's house? Mm-hmm. Won't well, he do Bought me out of the Maori Clay. I was in sinking sand. Oh, yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, yes. you can't hold on to something yes. that don't belong to you. Yes. Let's say it again. Say, neighbor, you can't hold on to something that don't belong to you. Can I get a witness? Oh, yeah. Let it go. It don't belong to you. Who told you you can go into that woman's house and take her tore up goods? Who told you? cause that's what it is it's toe up from the flow up it's time for deliverance won't he do it won't he do it can I get a witness come on you're supposed to be jumping up by now hallelujah praise Jesus I I, I feel Won't he do it, Jennifer? You leave the makings at home. (laughs) That's what he did. He hid it. He thought hiding it, nobody would know about it. But how many know God see what you're holding on to before anybody else sees it? You can't get away with what you're doing. God said, in order for you to win these battles, you're going to have to let go Of what you're holding on to. And some of us are so stubborn. So prideful. That we don't want to give up what we think we have. That we rather keep praying to God. Instead of obeying what the word already told you. The word tells you. What to do and what not to do. The word tells you do not commit adultery. The word tells you not to commit for. Oh let me pull the grace card. People are preaching so much grace that people are thinking, I can still fornicate and commit adultery and God's going to still love me. Yeah, that's correct. But when you know what grace done, you ain't going to want to do what you were doing no more because it was grace that saved you, but it was through faith. It was nothing of your doing. It was the gift of God. Come on, we always pulling the grace card. Well... If that's going to be your husband, it's nothing wrong with going into hotel, motel, holiday inn. Because you got to consecrate that. God is a forgiving God. Yes, he is. He forgave you over 2,000 years ago. So when you hear the good news and the gospel and what he's already done, that makes you let go of what? Help me out with the next sentence. Let go of what you what? Doing or holding on to. Ask your neighbor. Say neighbor. Have you heard the good news? I ain't hear nothing else. Because if you heard it, nobody should have to tell you what you should and should not be doing. Because, see, once you fall in love with Jesus and really fall in love with Jesus, you're ready to let go of every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Amen. Bye, Tom. <laughs> Bye, Harry. I got a real man. Uh oh. Uh Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. I'm getting ready to rap. Uh uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh.
0: That's right, oh, Lord.
1: (laughs) She need help. (laughs) You got to let go, y'all, of what you're holding on to. If you're holding on to any grudge, if you're holding on to any ill will, you will not win the battle. You can cry out to God all you want until you're ready to let go. Just like in the word of God when it talks about Esau and Jacob. It says in the word that Esau was, he hated Jacob. That means that he held a grudge against Jacob. That grudge was so bad because Jacob took his birthright, took his um, blessing. He should have been the first partaker. But he got so mad he was ready to kill his brother. So Jacob had to do what? He had to flee from Esau. But as the story goes on, y'all see that they did reconcile. Why did they reconcile? Because Jacob was the first one to admit how wrong he was and he began to bow bow before Esau. He was letting Esau know I will become your servant. He began to give him all of this that he had but Esau didn't want to take it but Jacob said no, it is rightfully yours. See, what am I telling you? When you truly have a grudge against somebody you don't wait on them to make it right. You make it right because if you don't make it right, you're letting the enemy in your house and I hear God say the is in your house because you don't want to let go of something that happened a long time ago see because if you truly forgive I got to go right back to marriage I don't understand it but God is saying this if you truly caught your mate in something that they should not have been in committing adultery and you know that this is what they done and they're saying I'm not going to do it no more you got to really go to God you can either forgive them or divorce them You got a right. If you're going to forgive them, you don't keep putting a hammer on their head. I dare you to roll over. Roll over. Don't even breathe. But I forgive you, baby. Get your hands off of me. You become bipolar. One day, oh, come on, baby. Next day, Pack your bags and get out. You think you're holding something? What you holding on to? See, that's why you have to let them know in the beginning. It's going to have to be God that helped me to forgive you. Because I done been with you too long to let you leave. You chose to leave the night you done what you done. You chose to do it. But for some reason, God is allowing me to say, forgive you. Now it's going to take time. And with the Lord's help, if you see me shut off somewhere, don't don't come in there. You stay out. Because God is still dealing with me. And if I don't come out for days, don't worry about me. I ain't dead. God just still have to deal with me because I have to allow him to help me to let it go. Because I can't do it on my own accord. See, y'all, we need to quit playing church. Hurt is hurt. And when you're hurt, you need to say, I'm hurt. I am devastated. I'm still holding on to everything that you've done. And the only one that can help me is God. Just don't say nothing to me. And until you're really ready to let it go, all of a sudden it will leave and you won't even pay it no attention no more. Why? Because you allow the king of glory to come in. When you're ready to give up that alt, when you're ready to give up what you're doing, and God is even telling me, you may not be having an actual natural affair with somebody, but you might have had so many affairs that even when you sleep with your husband, you're seeing 10 or 20 of them. You're still holding on to those fantasies to get through the night with your husband. That's not being faithful. Sooner or later, you're going to start calling out all them isms and schisms you got to let go of this stuff. God is bringing it in this house. Why? All leadership. When you hold on to stuff, what happens? You putting the house of God on hold. That means we can't move forward because you holding on to grudges. You holding on that should have been my position, not them. I could do it this way. I could do it better. You holding on to so much stuff that the church come at a halt. Is that not what happened with Joshua and them? They couldn't win the battle because they had sin in the midst of them. God said, you got to get rid of the sin before the battle is won. So why do we miracle temple? When you got issues in your house, you can't bring them issues up in here. You got to deal with those issues first and foremost. Meaning God is saying, get your house in order. You can't come in here and sing to the glory of the Lord and go home and act like you don't know each other. You can't even go to the door and greet somebody. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, and go home and shut the door. Come on, God want his house in order. If your house ain't in order, how are you going to come up in here and try to give somebody something from God? Come on, we play act too much in church. Act like you look okay, boo. Go home. Oh, I'm booing church, but not in the house. Tell God about that. One. Can I have some cook your own food? Bleep 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 bleep, bleep. and then go bring the pastor food. Thank God I pray over that food before I eat it. I'm playing. I know y'all wouldn't do that. I had somebody to tell me a long time ago, they were having some issues and the issue that they were having, the husband come to me. I said, oh no. I said, why is he coming to me? He looked at me. He said, I'm coming to you. Because I heard your tape and you already took and told all of what they supposed to do at home before they do it for you. And I'm here to tell you, she ain't doing it at home. I just want to report that you teaching it, but they ain't doing it. I'm like, well, thank you, Lord. He ain't coming to to pounce on me. He said, they ain't doing it. I said, okay, thank you very much. So the next time they tried to bring me a pot of porridge, did your husband eat first? they can't say nothing, they look red dumbfounded. He need to eat before I eat. Where is it in the Bible that tells you you feed the pastor before you feed your mate? Is that in there? Have y'all found that? Do y'all think I'm gonna get y'all some food and don't feed my husband? The devil is alive. he's He gonna eat well before y'all get anything. That's how it's supposed to. It. If I don't fix his plate first, something is wrong. He's going to get his plate before anybody get their plate. Don't become bring me no plate and your husband's sitting over there about to kill over because he's shaking. And you telling him not to touch the food because the pastor got to eat. What kind of mess is that? You know what kind of mess that is? You might be after the pastor. <laughs> anybody you put before you put God, it's an idol. If you're making me out of an idol, oh, something's wrong. I don't play. God is even before me. So if you can't serve him well, you ain't gonna serve me well. Because I'm about my father's business. Meaning that if something is out of order, we're gonna get it in order quick, fast, and in a hurry. You can get mad all you want. We're gonna have order in this house. The way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be God, husband, children, then church. We got it backwards. We got church, 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 because we want to look good for the church, but your family is suffering. So God said, whatever you holding on today, God says, time for you to let go of it. God said, have no other God before me. Whether if it's, if it's grudges, if it's mummering and complaining, y'all know we hold on to mummering and complaining. And they get so bad we be talking to ourselves and ain't nobody in the room. We just walk through that. I'm just tired of all this. Every time I turn around, I gotta pick up this and pick up that. I'm just tired of that rascal. Shouldn't never marry him. da 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 da, 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 da. You holding on to it. You're not willing to let it go. And you're not gonna win a battle until you let it go. When they got rid of Aiken, the battle was won. So God says, search yourself, yourself, quit looking at everybody else's house. Y'all, have you noticed we always try to fix somebody else's house? We always telling somebody else how to love their husband and we ain't loved ours in a century. Well, let me put it this way. You ain't got no husband. You telling somebody how to do their man right and you ain't got one yourself. So how is that? How can you tell somebody how to, well, excuse me. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for correction. He said, if you've been with me, you already know how to treat a man. See, if you spend time with him, by the time you get a man, you're going to know how to treat a man. Quit trying to get a man before you get Jesus. Men, quit trying to get a woman before you've been with Jesus. And I ain't talking about being gay either. Because when you with Jesus, men, you're going to know how to treat a woman. Because the Bible says that you supposed to love your wife just as Christ loved the church. And if you don't know how Christ loved the church, you ain't going to know how to love your wife. So women quit thinking that a deacon or somebody that's a servant in church supposed to know how to love you. Because if they're not spending time in their word, they ain't going to know how to love you. They know how to shut you up and shut you off. That's just it. Only thing they do, they'll give you the money, go buy what you, but that don't work no more. I don't know about y'all, but all that lavish stuff, it don't do nothing for me. My husband asked me, What can I buy you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to go do this? Mm, I'm fine. I'm content. I don't know what to do for you. You all right? <laughs> Why? Because just put my Bible in front of it and leave me alone. That's what you could do. <laughs> y'all, to be honest, he know me. Is that true, honey? This cult. he can be talking to me sometime. Forgive me, honey. He can be talking to me sometime. I'm in the office, in the word. You know how you, when you get that light bulb to come on and he over here, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Go ahead about your business now. Go on about your business. The Lord had to get me on that too. You got to hear what your husband got to say. He said, You ain't even heard me. Yeah, I heard. What, what did I say? See, I just told a lie. Forgive me, Lord, I repent. So, this is what I'm telling y'all today, God is saying, Let go of what you're holding on to because you're putting all that before God and anything you put before God is what you're going to depend on and if you're depending on that you're waiting on that to fix something that it can't fix but if you grab hold to God and you're holding on to him you know it's already fixed even though it looked tore up because you know him and you have been with him so God say, let go of what you're holding on to And the moment you let go, you'll be able to win some of these battles. But God is taking sin out the camp because, y'all, we cannot function if sin is in the camp. Sin will slow you down. Did y'all recognize this? Maybe it's just me. You spend more time on trying to help save folk than you do on the ones that's lost. Do y'all know that's a tactic of the enemy? He wants you to spend more time trying to correct the ones that's supposed to know, so the ones that's lost can continually be lost. Why? Because hell was made specifically for Satan and those demonic angels. Hell was not made for us, but I I believe Satan said, I ain't going down there by myself. So I'm saying, we need to quit spending time helping people that know. We need to be spending more time with those that don't know. Because if you come into church every Sunday and come into Bible study on Tuesday, you're supposed to know a little something, something. It's been 20 years now. And then you get mad when you feel like the pastor ain't there for you no more. You don't, you don't supposed to be on milk no more. You're supposed to know how to burp on your own. You're supposed to have meat where you ain't getting choked. It's those out there that really need help. He said, I have come to save the lost. You ain't lost no more. So God is saying, grow up and let go of that stuff. We are wasting time, y'all. People are dying and we come into the house to get taught. That's what pastors do. They teach you. They train you up in the things of God. And as they're training you, you apply that to your life. Why do you apply it to your life? So you can go out and help somebody else. If the pastor's spending time with a 20-year-old Christian, then there's somebody out there that's committing suicide that really need help. You know what? Look in your Bibles where Jesus, he hung out with the, with the uh, uh, what, what, what do they call them? Public, he hung out with all of them. Y'all the ones that were thieves and robbers and they were mad. The old Pharisees said, why are you hanging out with them kind of folk? He said, because I come to seek those that are lost. I come to seek those that are in need of a physician. You're right. If you had a hundred sheep and one was lost, are you going to go after the lost sheep? Or are you going to stay amongst the ones that know better? we spending too much time trying to correct grown folk. Nobody have to go with you to the bathroom. Nobody have to wipe your tail. You do all that yourself. But when it comes to a situation in the house of God, we act like we just don't know. This Bible contains 66 books, does it not? And I believe there's one in there for you. If you get in it. If you open it up, some of us get so lazy we don't want to find the truth. We want somebody to tell us the truth, and then when they tell you the truth, you ain't going to search the scriptures for yourself to see if it's true. Just look at your neighbor and say, I just need a quick fix. Y'all know what a quick is? How long did that last? Don't forget, I'm lonely. I ain't got nobody. I don't want to die like this. You already dead. You spiritually dead. Because you putting trust in somebody instead of God. See, when you put trust in God, you ain't by yourself because he everywhere you go. He ain't going to leave you alone. Not unless you shut him off. How you shut him off with sin? He done away with sin but you bringing it back in your life let go of what you're holding on to come on tell your neighbor say let go, let go. or what you're holding on to come on give God a hand clap of praise hallelujah at this time do we have any visitors that would like to stand
0: Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.